Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the 2002 film Sweet Home Alabama. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, just be aware there may be spoilers. Enjoy. We're going to get copyright struck. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to happen already just for, just for that one riff. Leonard Skinner <laughs> are going to come after us. I didn't even get to sing the bit I was going to sing, which is... Podcast keeps on turning. Bad films into gold chat. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> Got my ring light That's on here, like some good. kind of influencer. That's very good. Yeah, that one time I pl- played like yeah three seconds of smooth by um, Santana feet Rob Thomas. We did get a copyright strike for that. <laughs> of course we did. It wasn't even like on the audio. It was just the um, like playing it from my phone into the mic. So oh, they pick these things up. They really do. Yeah. Also, did I tell you um, my so I did a lo-fi version of one of the songs from Castle in the Sky, and I did I don't generally use MIDI. Mm-hmm. For my song, I don't have a problem with people who do. Obviously, for making a remix, it makes things a lot easier, and I have done that in the past. But with this one, I did. I prefer to play it all myself because you get a bit more lyricism and a bit more of the kind of the poeticness of it. I think, um, and YouTube copyright striked it, saying that it and it recognised the melody of it, I've which I was that. really yeah amazed by. But I've had that. So I was testing out one of my cover versions for the album. As you know, I'm going to release a music video. Um, when the album is out, you're um, releasing. You're p- recording roughly one cover a day at the moment, putting all of us <laughs> to shame. <laughs> when I've got a full day to do a cover, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm getting it done. I've no, got it's really nice. Three actually. left to do, um, but as you know, I sent you a copy of the video um, yeah. that got copyright struck because it recognised the, mem- the, the melody. It's interesting. Well. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, there's there's some very smart stuff there to stop you from doing anything whatsoever without that's good i get a text from you and i I think it's going to be some silly meme but it's a whole like goblin cover song (laughs) a whole goblin cover song that's exactly right yeah um yeah that's that's what i do i make goblin covers this is my my fun little project at the moment orange goblin you should call it (laughs) i should yeah (laughs) (laughs) just to get another copyright strike just to get another copyright strike exactly exactly um, how are you today? Yeah, I'm all right. We're recording how on Monday. How are you in sweet home London suburbs? <laughs> well, we're, I'm, I don't technically live in a London borough anymore. No, you're, still, you're still suburban Woking, to London. How do you define that? We're just inside the M25. Like I can hear it out the window right now. Yeah, yeah. I think anything within the M25 is a London suburb. Okay, so I could literally go and walk five minutes down the road and then I'd be out outside of the London suburbs and in the country. Yeah. In a place where people drive trucks and <laughs> drink beer and stuff. <laughs> but that's how it works. We're the same how, as America, it's no different. <laughs> exactly how it works. Although some people count London suburbs as like all the way down to Brighton, don't they? And sort of like the entirety of Essex as a London suburb, which I think is a bit unfair. 
Yeah, some people define it more by how like everyone who works, who lives around London, works in London, which isn't true, obviously. But a lot of people do commute. Yeah. So yeah, there's uh, a difference but, between the commuter yeah. belt and the suburbs. So yeah. I'd say anything within the M25 counts as a as as a London suburb. Well, I'm just in there then, but I can't vote in the mayoral election, so uh, that's a shame. Whereas I, I grew up worlds. in them. Um, yeah, yeah, the worth of both worlds. I grew up in um, in Chessington, which is like down the very, very edge of London. It's like the if you look at the map of London in the bottom left, there's a little dangly bit, and that's the borough of Kingston. And Chessington's like right in the end of that. So growing up, we had red buses and stuff, but no. These days, the buses are all blue after Brexit, of course. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You lived in the world of adventures. Now you live in the world of misadventures exactly the misadventures <laughs> of rob and paddy <laughs> um you whereas you grew up in the country of course yeah i grew up in um thank god he's a country boy <laughs> <laughs> i grew up with no internet no electricity just had a hoop and stick to play um, just with. Just had a hoop and stick. If we wanted to eat meat, we had to catch a cow ourselves and eat it raw. <laughs> Luckily, cows are quite easy to catch. They're very easy to catch when you. I actually the love that song. <laughs> um, thank God I'm a country boy. <laughs> yeah, well, you... I got me a fine wife. I got me all fiddle. When the sun's coming up, I got cakes on the griddle. Life ain't nothing but a funny, funny riddle. <laughs> Thank God, Rob's a country boy. See, I love it because I'm because I'm not a country boy. No, no. Just a city be. boy. You How many songs? Can John I... Denver. <laughs> you could only be. Um, wait, who does Midnight Train going anywhere? Journey. Journey. You could only be Journey, not John Denver. Jonathan Journey. That was his name. <laughs> Jonathan Bonathan Journey. <laughs> Any way you want it, that's the way you need it. Any way you want it. Here in Woking. <laughs> Woking. <laughs> that's a joke that me and my friend Sam have any time we mention Woking. It's Woking. It's Woking. Like not how it's amazing steak, not basing steak. Yeah, exactly. It's not it's not Woking because we're woke. No one in Woking is woke. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want Esther McVeigh coming down your bar. The, this is very topical. This is a she could never come to working today. She has now been uh, made the minister against the scourge of wokeness, according to the Sun newspaper. In I quite a sort of very loosely, Death Eater Harry Potter move. Yeah, just appointing a minister for whatever thing you don't like. Right? Yeah, minister for we don't like the woke is is now Esther McVeigh apparently. Classic. Um, which means, I don't even know what that means. Does it mean like mandatory daily mails in every room? It means that this desperate government are on the way out, hopefully, and they're just kind of doing whatever. They're throwing a bunch of shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We've got, the, we've got Ham Man back. Yeah. Like bringing back the man responsible for Brexit to, go, to come and be foreign secretary after everything. Yes. Yeah. Um yeah. and and uh, currently also not an actual politician. They're making him an unelected member of our political structure, uh which is very nice. Any Amer any any American or any other foreign listeners do know that Britain isn't really a democracy. Britain isn't really a country. <laughs> it's not it's it's a state of mind and that state of mind is anxiety. <laughs> 
That's yeah. what Britain is. Um, Britain how- is London, basically. So, you know, there's London and there's the country, basically. That's that's how it works. I think you're forgetting that actually the only bit of London that they care about is the bits on the outskirts that are really angry about Ulez. Oh, that's yeah. That's the yeah. only part of the country that both the Conservatives and the Labour government care about. The Labour would-be government, rather. Yeah. That's, that's all they care about is is those two parts. Nowhere else really exists. Especially if you're actually another country altogether like Wales or Scotland, they do not care about you. No, those aren't real countries either. Those are just made up <laughs> in fantasy stories and yeah. films. Wales and Scotland exist for films like A Castle for Christmas. Yes. Yeah, which is the kind of thing we're going to be watching soon. Not that one because we already saw it. But I but, haven't I need to work out what, what those are gonna be this year. I haven't seen any like Netflix stinkers yet. Have you? No, I wonder what's coming down our way. It'd be intriguing. Um but this week we do not have a castle. We do not have Wales or Scotland. Instead we have Alabama. Yeah. And there's a film from over twenty years ago. God, it is over twenty years, isn't it? Two thousand and two. Two thousand and two's sweet home Alabama. So have you ever been to Alabama? No, I have not. Have you? I have not. I've only been to Boston in the States. That's the only right. place I've been. Um, I've never been to Alabama or anywhere else, in fact, apart from Boston. I haven't um, been to the South at all. Really. Have you? Do you have any inclination to go to the South? I, I wouldn't mind doing like, yeah. some kind of road trip. Yeah. I'd quite like to. I think it would be quite interesting. Um, has Sweet Home Alabama made you want to go to the South more or less? Um, I don't know. About the same, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Very helpful. <laughs> yeah. It, but it's not like it's sponsored by the Alabama Tourist Board, is it? Alabama is very much a state of mind in this film, isn't it? <laughs> Alabama is wherever you want it to be, as long as it is within the state of Alabama. Yep. As long as it has men driving trucks. Yeah. So this is a movie about a woman... She grew up in Alabama. Apparently, the entirety of Alabama is just southern country folk, by the way. Nothing yep. else. Do they even ever say the name of the town? I don't know. It's just Alabama. At one point, he says he's been spending a lot of time in Tuscaloosa. But other than that, it's all just Alabama as one entity. Yeah. And it's like, well, actually, <laughs> that's not what Alabama is, based on my understanding of Alabama. Um, they do have cities. They do have actually quite a lot of diversity there for reasons which there is a very uncomfortable nod to in this movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> quite uh, ham-fisted. Yes. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, but apparently, according to this movie, the entirety of Alabama is just a small town with people with, um, with, with trucks and... Drawling accents and beer and what are those dogs called? The hound dogs? You ain't nothing but a hound dog. Um, Bloodhounds. Yeah, Bloodhounds. Bloodhound gangs. The Bloodhound gang. (laughs) That's who was in this film. Yeah. Um, That's an awful name for a band, isn't it? (laughs) Bloodhound gang. Although, yeah, yeah, no, it is Bloodhounds, isn't it? It is Bloodhounds. Um, Yeah, so apparently Galley Boys. Apparently that's what um, that that that's what Alabama is. It's just what's shown in this movie. Yeah, trucks and jolly boys and guys who appear scruffy when you first see them and then get a little bit more handsome as the film progresses. Yes, yeah, that's exactly right. 
So had you seen this before? I'd never seen this before. No, this is a new thing for me. I had um, seen this before, I think. Um, my wife is a big fan of Reese Witherspoon, um, and she has um, used to have a lot of her films on DVD, oddly, um, before we got rid of all our DVDs, and I think we had this one. Oh, it was either okay. this one or um, Just Like Heaven, which I think we talked about many episodes ago. We did. Where That's the she, ghost. she plays a ghost, or he's a ghost, or... She's a ghost. She's a ghost, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was a fun film. That I enjoyed right. that. I enjoyed that probably more than this. But oddly, I mi- I always mix those two films up in my head. I think because we had them on DVD, they both got Reese Witherspoon in them, and they're both from a similar era. Although I think Just Like Heaven is a bit later. Yeah, I think it's a little bit later, but it is a similar a similar time, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just Like Heaven was two thousand and five. Right. So it came out the same year as Walk the Line. Um, right. For instance, oh yes, and she was in that as well. Yes, um, this was the same year as her guest appearance as Greta Wolfcastle in The Simpsons, which I think is obviously the most important part of her career. <laughs> she was doing a lot in the two thousands, wasn't she? She was kind of everywhere for a bit. Yeah, she did it. She was in an awful lot. Um, so a little bit of a rundown of Reese Witherspoon, who's someone who I think is very, very good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, breakout role was Cruel Intentions, which really pushed her career. Oh, that yeah. an election coming out the same year. We have massive. never talked about Cruel Intentions, have no, we? No, we haven't, and we should do. We really should. Um, but Pleasantville was the year before, which is a wonderful little movie. We have, we have talked, talked about that. About. Um, but then, yes, she did Legally Blonde, which was huge. Uh, which we have talked about fun movie uh this she did walk the line just like heaven um four christmases which is a movie that we'll probably need to watch at christmas sometime have we not done that one already i don't think we've done it i don't remember us covering the haunted visage of vince vaughan before (laughs) (laughs) on this on this podcast we definitely haven't done fred claus Vince Vaughn's magnum opus double check and see if we've done Four Christmases, if we have I have no memory of it because I still don't think I've actually watched it before (laughs) Um, you've seen one of the Four Christmases on on TV (laughs) and then switched over when there was an ad break probably Um, but she's done quite a lot of of romantic comedy so How Do You Know um, as well is another one that came up Mm. Um, and a fun movie that I'm not sure might be insufferably irritating um, is a movie called This Means War, which I remember posters for it being everywhere when it came out, but I still don't know anybody who actually watched it, where Tom Hardy and Chris Pine are both CIA operatives and they find out they're both dating Reese Witherspoon and they have a big old fight about it. <laughs> and it's like an action comedy thing. That sounds um, ridiculous. Which sounds really silly, and I do want to watch that at some point. Um, but we have never done four Christmases. I f- we have I not. Really, done four really was convinced in my head that we have. No, okay, well that's no, going I on this year's so. Christmas list, then, isn't it? Um, but but then she has she's moved into uh, production, hasn't she? Um, yes. Hello Sunshine done... is the name of her um, company, and my wife watches all of their shows. And have done a lot of good stuff actually with that production element um really successful things things like little fires everywhere did you um, see that big little lies as well um which one was little fires everywhere and which one was big little lies because i've watched one of them but maybe not the other little fires everywhere was the one where the house burnt down 
I don't know if I saw that one. I think I saw the other Big one. Big Little there. Lies was the one that had a murder in it. And it's like a school. Yeah. Yeah, Big Little Lies is the one that I saw. Well, they both good. had school content, actually. Oh, well, I don't remember a house burning down. So I'm going to go with Big Little Lies being the one that I saw. But I was very impressed. I thought it was very good. Yeah, Little Fires Everywhere was really, really good. Both of them are based on hit books, of course. Rather than shit books. Yeah. That's always a good starting point when you want to produce something. <laughs> yeah, otherwise you end up with After Ever Happy. Or, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm um, still, I haven't put that episode out yet, but I was just editing the episode earlier today. Uh, the, the bit where you call um, Hardin Scott a one book wanker <laughs> really, really <laughs> made me laugh. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. So it's good that you know, editing these episodes is always a joy. Oh, I'm pleased. I'm pleased I can bring that for you. Um, but then also, um, I've heard good things about where the crawdads sing, which is also something else that they produce. Yeah, we we watched that. That was that was, was decent. It good. So it's just yeah. like a mystery, isn't it? Yeah. Also based on a wildly popular book. Although there's a bit of weird controversy about that, Ooh. which is that the the story is, it's based on a real life murder, and apparently, like the woman who won- who wrote the book is related to the people who are wanted for that murder. There's some weird stuff going on behind the scenes. Oh, that's that. exciting. Yeah. That's you should look it fun. up. I should. I yeah, should. the ma- book was a huge, huge bestseller. Um, it was everywhere back when I worked in publishing. And it right. was... Um, okay. But it was, yeah, it's, it's a decent film. Yeah. Um, but what we're saying is that she is very talented in lots of different ways and has an eye for good projects. And Absolutely. I like her. I'm not sure whether I like Sweet Home Alabama, though. Yeah? You're on the, oh, you're on the fence. You're sitting yeah. on the fence. I didn't dislike it, but it just didn't do it for me. Right. Um, See, I was pleasantly surprised by it, by it on this round because I hadn't seen it for many, many years. Although I knew had seen it before and had some memory of it. But and when you said it came up on the random generator, I was like, this is the film that defines the trope of like a... Um, a high-flying lawyer woman in New York having to go back to her country home and falling in love with a hunky boy. And that's not exactly true, is it? I think I was kind of wrong about that. Yeah. yeah. And this film then, uh, that was what I thought it was, and then it wrong-footed me at quite a few turns. So I actually then kind of enjoyed that. Yeah, it's not that kind of... Well, it, it ties into some of that archetype, but also not. Um, this is more of a... It's more of a... Um, a Christmas Carol, apart from rather than ghosts, it's her gaining her conscience through meeting human beings, I suppose. Yeah. Where it's her having to go back home and then finding parts of herself that she lost that she needs to fulfill herself, essentially. Yeah. She goes to her hometown as a massive knob to everyone and then has to kind of undo it all and be nice. Yes. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple of things with it that I didn't like. Firstly, I didn't like that this is a romantic movie. What um, did you want it to be? Did well, you feel like it was more of a? It was more of, should have been more of a family drama because there was a good element. The family drama stuff was good, wasn't it? There was the kernel in there of something really, really good and the stuff with her parents and whatever i think yeah i well what i was going to say was that i generally like it i actually thought the plot was stronger than the characterization and usually it's the other way around with these kinds of films and i think that might be what you're about to dive into and that's exactly how i felt is that actually i quite like the plot of kind of like i really like those kind of movies where it's someone who um 
finds success through this capitalist drive to succeed in an industry but then realizes that actually life is about more than that um like that that russell crowe movie where he goes and makes wine in france oh um, uh, a good year that's yeah. a, a thoroughly satisfying <laughs> film to watch for me and i really love that trope um, i've never this, seen it but the idea of it is so ridiculous to me i i just i just really like the idea of people who watch gladiator reading in the reading in the news wait a minute russell crowe ridley scott back together again i don't need to know anything else about this movie i'm going straight to the cinema to see a good year he's probably going to be like some kind of assassin on the run or something and then it's russell crowe in a in a vineyard making wine and falling in love with the countryside and with a french woman if i remember correctly but i really like that kind of um that kind of story but what i find about the ones of those kind of stories that are really successful is where it focuses more on the character journey as opposed to the romantic element and Mm. so i think where sweet home alabama does fall down a little bit is where she immediately falls for her ex-husband again at the end of the film and it's like this doesn't actually feel right with the pacing at all you don't get that idea that there is any kind of romantic attraction between those two whatsoever no that's the thing i didn't believe the chemistry between any of the romantic couples unfortunately no and it's the same with old patrick dempsey who gets uber cucked in this movie (laughs) um astonishing level of cuckage for poor patrick dempsey in this movie um but again he's just a wet blanket he doesn't really add anything to the film he gets jilted yeah and wait a minute he's an actor and race car driver did you know this i'm sorry he's on his wikipedia page he's an american actor and racing driver what does he race says you well you know about racing car stuff this all means nothing to me united sports car championship career debut season 2014 current team dempsey racing car number 27 is this what you like is this is this your thing (laughs) well i i mainly like formula one but i see here that he's done le mans 24 hour so he does endurance that means nothing to me what's endurance racing is it like you just drive the car around until you, you until you really need a wee yeah, basically. For like hours. So Le Mans 24 Hour is a 24-hour race where it's teams of three drivers per car and it's like an endurance race. So they've got to last that time. Both endurance for them and endurance for cars. So one of the big problems of Le Mans is your car's probably going to blow up by the end because it's a high-speed sports vehicle that's not meant to be driven for 24 hours in yeah, a row. That um, sounds dangerous. So yeah, Le Mans 24 Hour is one of like the pinnacles of motorsport. Um, there is um something called the triple crown of motor racing um where if you it's an unofficial thing but if you win all three of the things then you're known as like one of the greats of all time so one of those is the monaco grand prix the other is the indy 500 um for america Um, i know what that is that's when there's 500 cars on a big track (laughs) yeah that's exactly right um and then uh, le mans 24 hour is is the final part of the triple crown um so um yeah so so it's it's a really prestigious thing um i think is there only one winner of all of them i think there might only be one 
individual who has won the Triple Crown before, which is a British driver called Graham Hill. Um, I don't think anyone else... That sounds like a Tocker 2 touring cars driver. (laughs) Graham Hill from accounts. He's one of the one of the greatest Formula One drivers of all time. Really, um, he didn't even. What's amazing about Graham Hill is that he didn't pass his driving test until he was already twenty four, wow. and then only started driving motorsports a year afterwards, <clears throat> and then went on to win um, two Formula One World Championships, won the Monaco Grand Prix five times, like one of the greats of the sport. Um, it's it's yeah, is amazing. I guess you can um, keep on driving till you're quite old, can't you? you well, know? you say that. Or do you but... have to be tiny and slim to fit inside the weird small cars? Well, you do have to generally be re- quite small to fit in the cars in terms of height. But also, the G-forces involved in driving Formula 1 cars, for instance, are really high. So actually, F1 drivers have to be in a better physical condition than footballers for instance than professional footballers really to actually be able yeah so michael so Schumacher, have jowls because like when the when the g-force comes on jowls we've all seen that in cartoons <laughs> haven't we when it goes <laughs> yeah exactly so if you if you get too jowly then they kick you out because it's it's not appealing for anybody else um yeah michael schumacher in the off season of formula one used to train with bayern munich and bayern munich managers over the years said he's in better shape than any of our footballers <laughs> so you, you do have to maintain a, a level of physical fitness which is why f1 drivers generally start falling off by the time they're about 36 37 and very few reach 40 before they retire um so there's a there's some which do so fernando alonso is in his early 40s now um lewis hamilton is getting up there as well i think michael schumacher was 40 when he stopped and the jowls came that's when (laughs) yeah it's the jowl moment as soon as the jowl moment comes Um, how on earth did we get on talking about jowly, F- jowly Formula One drivers? Jowly race car drivers. Do you want to know what the Triple Crown is in baseball? Just to go off in another. Yeah, sentence. yeah, tell me. It's when you, well, it's different for batting and pitching. If you, it's when you lead the league in batting average, home runs, and runs batted in in a season, which doesn't That's happen that of, often. That's a lot of hitting balls. Yeah. Wackada wackada. It's all, all hitting balls, just in different ways. In different ways. Yeah. No, we got onto that because Patrick Dempsey is a um, is a race car driver as well as an actor. Oh, so, in his so he's not time. just a sexy doctor. Don't just pigeonhole him. <laughs> yeah, Michael Fassbender also is a race car driver. I did know that. Yeah, yeah, I watched him once on TV and he crashed on the first corner and was like, oh, no. oh, well, "Well done, Michael." <laughs> him <laughs> and Patrick Dempsey job, should have a race. They should, or rather than hiring actors who can't drive sports cars to be in movies about driving fast cars, why not just hire Patrick Dempsey and M- Michael Fassbender? Because then you wouldn't have Christian Bale's face on the um, <laughs> Ford versus Ferrari poster that you texted me this morning. That's true. That is true. And that's a very good point. Um, but yeah, I want to see those two in a, in, a, in a movie about driving fast cars. Yeah, I would actually watch that. That would be cool. Yeah, I'd, I'd yeah, as long as they were actually roles, driving them. And, and you're right, Patrick Dempsey is just dull a lot of the time. I feel bad saying that because he's probably a nice guy, but like he just always seems to play quite boring characters. Yeah, I don't necessarily... I don't think that he's dull, necessarily. We're not saying that, Patrick. We love you. No, really. he, like, he likes to go fast. He's but, like Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> but but he, he often plays boring characters, and that's a big problem. Like, you look at like 
Enchanted is one of the other big things he's known for, where he was boring. I've never seen that. Um, have you not seen Enchanted? No. I think Surprise, that's one of the that Disney seems... films that my wife doesn't like. So, oh, yeah. okay. Um, so, yeah. Someone She's got beef with Amy Adams, and I don't know why. Gets, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> You need to find out why she's got beef with Amy Adams. I really want to know. Yeah, I'll ask her to come on next yeah. week and talk about it. Yeah, I want to. We we should choose an Amy Adams movie. Maybe we should rewatch Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> of course, that's the obvious choice. Um, she's not been in much since. She's in a movie called Night Bitch that's coming <laughs> out soon. That's an amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I should be fighter of the night, bitch. Oh. That's a good um, good title. I'll watch it based purely on that I, title. Solely based on the fact it's called Night Bitch. I'm in. Um, yeah, she's not been in anything since last year, which was Disenchanted. Which is the, I assume that's a sequel to Enchanted. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, she's not been in. Yeah. Not been in anything for a year. What's going on, Amy Adams? Oh, well, Patrick a, Dempsey's also in that. So. He's back. He's back. He's in a film called Ferrari. Oh, well, there you go. Maybe he's a... Um, does he that's play he, Mr. Ferrari? No. That's how he got into being a Ferrari man and being a, spa, a fast man, maybe. Or maybe that's why he got hired. No, Adam Driver is Ferrari. Of course. Um, I it. mean, the clue's in the name. <laughs> <laughs> For fuck's sake. Um... <laughs> Everyone on set is just walking around on eggshells trying not to make that joke, surely. <laughs> Can we get the driver in? Um, yeah. As a man who likes um, likes sports cars and likes the movies of Michael Mann, I have no interest in watching the <laughs> Ferrari movie. <laughs> it sounds boring <laughs> as anything. Um yeah, I've got no interest in watching that. That sounds yeah, so dull. that looks dull. Um, but you know what we should be talking about right now instead of this is the movie Sweet Home Alabama. Yes, we <laughs> we've got off on a huge tangent. The point is that Patrick Dempsey often plays boring characters, and this film is no exception. Yeah, he's a very wet milk character in this. He's just kind of there, kind of pleasant, thoroughly New York man. Everything that's going on. <laughs> Apparently is a politician, but you never find out what he does. His mum's also a politician, and she appears every so often to insult everyone and just be nasty and rude. And you're just like, okay, fine. You guys are awful. We don't want you around. You're obviously going to end up having your comeuppance at the end of the film. And then they do. Yeah, so um, Candice Bergen plays the mum, <clears throat> the evil mayor mum. Um, really well, actually. We also know her from Miss Congeniality. Where she yeah, it's a, it's a great performance. She's really good as the mayor. And her son, her large adult son, is some yeah. kind of other politician. Um, but we never find out exactly what he does. Um, he's, got a, he's got a hint of the Trudeaus about him, doesn't he, Patrick Dempsey? Yeah, yeah. Patrick, Patrick Trudeau, you should go by. He's the handsome Trudeau. And then our real-life Trudeau is the doughy one. Um, yeah, clues in the name. And I, 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 I assume Patrick Dempsey's never been caught in blackface. Um, no. unlike, the, unlike the real or any Trudeau. of those number of scandals or other other yeah. horrible things. Trudeau um, was um, like a companion piece to True Grit, it's sort of the opposite of that <laughs> Coen Brothers thing. Well, it's it's it actually forms men. it forms a wider Southern Breakfast cinematic universe. So you've got Ooh. True Grits. Then the true dough goes into making some biscuits. 
you've got true sausage gravy, true oh, eggs. Yeah, weird gravy that they have. <laughs> so nasty. You ever had it? I've had it. It's all right. It's, it's gruesome. I'm not it's a like fan. a weird sort of thick meat. Yeah. A, a, a thick meat liquid. You ever had grits? Yeah, grits is fine. Grits I've is, never had grits. It's, it's fine. Grits. It's like it's, a sort of weird porridge. Yeah, it most reminded me of like bread sauce, weirdly. Right. Um, it's made out of cornmeal rather than porridge oats. That's right. I do like me some cornbread. Um, Maybe I'd like it. So it's got a sort of. It's like if if you mixed bread sauce together with um, polenta. Right. Kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's it's odd, but it's fine. It's it's nourishing. It feels very homely. Right. Um, so yeah, it's all right. That's good. It's a funny name, though. It is. <laughs> it is. Um, but actually, it's worth making a point that the cast of this movie is excellent. There's a load of really great people in it. Um, yeah. So Patrick Dempsey, of course, we talked about. Josh Lucas plays the other love interest, the ex-husband slash current husband, because they're not divorced. He's got lots of southern charm about him. He's in Ford v Ferrari as well. Is he? Yeah, I'm just looking at his thing now. And he's in Le Mans 66. Or is Does that... He oh, no, that is, as well? That is, is this... Ford versus Ferrari. It's the same movie. They just called it different things. Yep. The, yeah. Yeah, he obviously is a car man as well. Everyone in this film's a car man. Everyone's a car man. Um, you've got Fred Ward, um, who will forever be, to me, the guy from Tremors. Yep. Um, because that is one of the greatest movies of all time. He's good, and this is Emotional Dad. And I wanted to note as well that in the title sequence, the names were all um, written together without a space in between them. So it looked like it said Fredward, like Jedward. <laughs> Fredward. And that made me chuckle. That's very good. Um, you've got Gene Smart, who's good as well, um, who you probably recognise from various things, but we have talked about Garden State before. Oh. She's in Garden Sp- State, that movie. That movie. Um, uh, you've got Ethan Embry, who turned up only a few episodes ago, it seems. Oh, yeah. In Empire Records. Um, I, honestly, I was thinking, where do I recognise this guy from? That was it. Yeah, yeah. Empire that was a Records. weird film. It, it is a very odd movie. You've got Melanie Linsky as well. Always a gem. He's always good. You've got Gail the Snail yep. from <laughs> from Always Sunny. <laughs> uh, Mary Lynn Rajkub. Always, uh, also, always a gem. Who is always brilliant and actually is way better it's a shame that she's primarily known as gail the snail for her very minor performance in it's only a handful of episodes but completely dominates the episodes that she's in yeah of of always sunny turns up in the most recent series actually um and is constantly fantastic but also is in all sorts of other stuff as well um in 24 little miss sunshine punch drunk love of course we've watched um, which she's in as well. She was in um, Flight of the Concords. So. In Flight of the Concords. Um, so yeah, you've got this amazing cast, um, but it does seem as though they're not given that much to do, no. which I think is one of the problems. It's all people walking into southern honky tonk bars and saying things, isn't it? Yeah, and that's basically all that this movie is. Is 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 southern hospitality until we do a, r- a racism 
is I wanted basically... To, yeah. Oh, here. before we get to that, I wanted to shout out Courtney Gaines, who plays the, the sheriff, who in the most over-the-top Southern performance ever. <laughs> he is ridiculous and, fo- like, rushes into about three scenes like a hurricane, does his big Southern thing and then disappears, and I thought he was great. Yeah, that was um, that was excellent. <laughs> um, yeah, that was really good. Again, only in a few scenes, but actually does very much steal the show. Yeah, um, I think it's fair to say whenever he's around. Um, but yeah, should we t- should we talk about the bad racism? Yeah, I guess it's something that really does sour it. I mean, I guess if it didn't have that, then you'd be like, okay, this is a good cast, so maybe it's okay. And like you're you're getting through it. The plot has, leaves a lot. The plot's fine actually. It sort of jumps from thing to thing, even though it's a bit dull. The where it goes with her sort of being rude to everyone in the town and like getting to the divorce and then like you know it's going to end up with her and him but you can't see how that's actually going to happen like that is actually good but then the characterization itself you're like well i don't really care if it happens because these characters are thin but then it does that and you're like oh yeah yeah so it turns out that the civil war reenactors on the side of the bad side of the american civil war which obviously is a thing that happens in the southern states the secessionist states and Um, it's sort of nudge nudge wink wink confederacy isn't it yeah yeah very very odd handling of it it's trying to be jokey and light-hearted about it but yeah and i noticed there weren't any confederacy flags anywhere did you notice that they didn't have the confederate flag anywhere in this film which was interesting, but they still put in that they did civil war reenactment on the side of the slavery racists. Yeah, and there's a, a, a couple of scenes where she like has to pick her way through reenactments to find people. Yeah, and it's a bit like mm, this is a bit, this is a bit odd. Um, yeah, and so Alabama was one of the secessionist states. Yeah. Um. By the way, you know the 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 secession the confederacy only lasted like four years right yeah it's rubbish people people talk about participation trophies and be like oh the losers getting participation trophies. we've been doing That's this show long. for longer than the confederacy lasted <laughs> way way longer than the confederacy <laughs> lasted um this confederacy of dunces has been going <laughs> much longer but like you, you hear all these people talking about all oh, these lefty snowflakes and their participation trophies. What's a bigger participation trophy than waving a Confederate flag around because you're on the side of a bunch of racist losers, like a, a century and a half ago, who got bodied by non, well, marginally less racist, less losers than the people on the other side? It just boggles the mind. Yeah, it's very silly. So, yeah, I don't think the film handles that element well. And then she also (laughs) outs a gay man in front of his family and friends, which which is is very, very bad And he's very all right with it in the end. Um, I don't think he necessarily (laughs) would be. No, that, that I think to me was worse because it was really, really clearly used for her characterization which was still not good yeah so it was like yeah it wanted you to feel sorry for her and to like be oh it's fine because she went and apologized and she's grown and changed but she's also like yeah done something that's really really awful absolutely like this is a really awful thing that she's done and i think it does show there's this weird politics behind the scene where everything's very surface level and it doesn't want to discuss that 
so this is a movie that is about going to your hometown in the country and away from those nasty yankees in new york and all they can't be trusted they're too sophisticated not like us down-to-earth sorts in alabama and then if it didn't touch on the nastier elements of conservative right-wing culture in america you'd be like okay well this is a very idealized view of it that's fine we can get on board with that just as a sort of thing about finding yourself and finding where you're from however the fact that it touches on um yeah here's our history of racism so bad we try to control the government and why in particular this man might not want to be an out gay man in alabama the fact yeah. that it raises those issues but then doesn't deal with them makes it almost worse than if it hadn't touched on them whatsoever. Yeah, it's really not good. And it, yeah, it doesn't handle any of that stuff with real sort of sensitivity or or depth, does it? No, in which case you think, well, why did you even bother trying to or even bringing it up? Exactly. Like, and this film is a, is longer than it needs to be as well. You could have cut out all of those scenes and still had the film do what it needed to do yeah yeah um and it's yeah because this movie is about an hour and 50 minutes yeah um, i think that they wanted it to be like oh well we have to push the alabama thing because otherwise she could have just gone to a small town in new jersey like so many other films but it then just handled that in quite a ham-fisted way yeah the other thing to bear in mind is there are quite not there aren't many black people in this movie are there any there are two both of which are very minor roles from alabama and then there's one of her friends from new york oh right yeah whereas alabama is about 20 percent black in reality yeah so you're like okay this is a very white view of alabama yeah as well of course. uh which obviously he's a civil war reenactor our friendly dad um and it's just a bit like mm, this movie's been made with a very specific point of view in mind yeah and hasn't really has. thought through the implications of what <laughs> what that means no it's a, it's a privileged white woman's view isn't it yeah yeah well i say you say white women's a white man's view in terms of the people who did it oh is it written by a man so written by two men directed by another man um, screenplay by cj cox who are you um and then directed by andy tennant who also did hitch oh yes have um, we talked about hitch i don't think I we, don't have, think we no. have that's a strange film yes we should talk about that at some point and we can also talk about racism in hitch as well because yeah. i think there's some racism behind the scenes with hitch with their casting decisions is there yeah so there's we'll talk about it when we get onto it but i seem to remember a while ago there was something interesting that came up about the decisions made behind the scenes of who they cast in the movie hitch right um, it's william smith yes yeah will smith um and yeah so a movie made by a bunch of white men about alabama completely ignoring the implications of what it would be like to touch on these subjects without actually uh properly investigating them yeah or really having input from anyone who's from there or you know understands that experience i don't know yeah it feels i know it's a movie that we crap on um but this movie to me feels like half-baked elizabeth town in that approach 
Yeah. Where Elizabeth Town, I think, did a better job of that sort of um that that kind of approach of a hometown community. And, and you it, like that film a lot more than I do, yeah, but I still yeah. yeah, I think that was a better film than this overall. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. Um My not- problems with Elizabethtown are very, very different. They're more that it's sort of a bit a bit too knowing and sort of a bit morbid and a bit all over the place and it doesn't and quite it come together. Free bird, a different Leonard and- Skinner song. <laughs> exactly. It's the wrong Leonard Skinner song. <laughs> um yeah whereas here i think yeah i think it if it leaned into those elements more i think this could have been a really good um a, a really good <laughs> it's the solo from freebird i know like the first three notes um it, it could have been a really it could have been a really good um thing the other thing to bear in mind as well right is they talk about abortion in this movie hmm um, and again, it's used as a very, very sour sort of little characterization plot point, isn't it? Yeah. And abortion is currently illegal and it's always been controversial in Alabama. Yeah. This is not something which I think you bring up lightly if you're talking about somewhere where there has always been heavy restrictions. No. Um, because even when you think about it being legal um, in terms of Roe versus Wade, um, even then Alabama was one of those states. Sorry, this is getting very political <laughs> this episode, but I think we need to because they bring well, the up these topics. They, yeah, they bring up these topics without really um, thinking about it. But Alabama is, an, is one of those states which even whilst Roe versus Wade was in place deliberately restricted the amount of abortion clinics that were available and limited where they were and what hours they were open this is not something that will have necessarily been easy for her no and so and the same with the outing the the gay guy as well like there's still a lot of homophobia in those kind of small towns i mean that's that's obviously a sweeping generalization but like it's like that all happens and then everyone's kind of okay with it and you're like would that actually have been the case yeah, and that's the thing is, would that have been the case here? And it it brings up these things flippantly for quick plot points, for quick characterization. And I think you need to recognize the context, context of where you are and talk about it. So like with, for instance, Ethan Embry's character, after he gets outed, um, they're very there's a scene very quickly afterwards where they they make it clear that they're completely happy with him, which is nice. Yeah. But actually, you need to do more about that. You need, and if, that felt a bit like they were ticking a box. Yeah, didn't it? yeah, exactly. They're just going, oh, and don't worry, we're really inclusive for for, don't worry, for gay fine. men. Don't worry. Um, but it's like, well, actually, no. You need to explore this properly if you're gonna bring it up, and you need to bring up the implications of it. And 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 that's where this movie falls down. Is if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about these topics, you need to do it right. Yeah. And just with a little bit of sensitivity. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's just a bit... Mm, I know that's that's not the most eloquent way of putting it, but I feel like could have done could have done more, should have done more. Yeah, and also when she's like pretending to be an annoying wife to get him to sign the divorce papers, she's filled the fridge with celery and he goes, what is this, chick food? Because chickens are known for eating celery. Yeah. Oh, that's the thing, yeah. Chickens. That's not, That's why I didn't get it. 
I've never raised chickens Precisely. like the people in Alabama do. <laughs> they do all the time. Um, yeah, there's lots of little weird things. And you're just like, uh, this movie kind of shows its age here and there. Where yeah, you probably need to treat things a bit more carefully. Yeah, I don't think you could make this film now. These days, if you try to make Sweet Home Alabama, you'd be thrown in jail. <laughs> it should have been Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> it should have. He'd have made it all right. It should have been Matthew McConaughey instead of uh, Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, yeah. He's the one going back home to his, to his husband. To his husband's town. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. Uh, I, think, I think that's the big problem, isn't it? Is the core of the movie here is fine, but it doesn't handle what it needs to do well and partly that's no. because it's too focused on a half-baked romance that doesn't feel genuine yeah that's the thing if the romance really felt genuine like the the insensitivity around political issues wouldn't be okay but it would be easier to sort of to brush over that wouldn't yeah. it yeah exactly exactly and i think that, yeah, that's the that's the that's the big issue you know, it, this isn't a slight on Reese Witherspoon no, either, because she no. is great. Yeah, no, and and they're very charismatic main performances from everybody. Um, they're just not given a lot to work with, and I think that's the challenge. Um, because yeah, everybody yeah. in this movie is really good. Like performance-wise, it's fantastic. It's just the 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 script isn't great, and the plot the plot skeleton is good, but it doesn't necessarily go where it needs to go within the time that it gets given. It's a good skeleton, but it doesn't have any meat on its bones. <laughs> oh, Halloween's over, Paddy. Why are you talking about skeletons? <laughs> oh, oh. Um, <laughs> anyway, have you got anything else you want to say about Sweet Home Alabama? Um, budget, 30 million. Box office, 180 million. Um, what about that awful cover version of Sweet Home Alabama at the end? Well, it's it's just some guys singing it, isn't it? No, no, over and the it credits. It sounds like some guys. A, oh, I didn't. You I get didn't an overly that. produced pop version sung by somebody. I don't know who. Oh dear. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't stick around for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me go. Sweet Home Alabama soundtrack, and we'll see who did it. Because surely it's on the soundtrack. Um. It was Jewel, apparently. Do you remember Jewel? Jewel, the singer. Yes. Not Run oh, the yes. Jewels. No. Jewel. Oh. Well, there you go. Um, so, yeah, it's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're not a fan of the original, but the cover version is is, is less good. Yeah. Wouldn't be sticking around for that. Um, so yeah, but you... that was the only thing you could do with those kind of credits, wouldn't it? Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Um, so, have you got anything else you want to say about? Um, just, I thought the score was good. It used this this sort of um, country music when it needed to, when people were sneaking around. It had that sneaky sort of actually quite nineties sounding sneaky pop music. Mm -hmm. I appreciated that, and that I think did make a difference to it flowing decently. It wasn't like a hateful watch, was it? It flowed fine. Yeah, it, it didn't. I didn't go like, oh, when's this going to be over, or when am I going to turn this off? Like, but it was. Yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of okay. It's here, and this is what we're doing. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, but yeah, no, I think you know it's competent, competently made. Yeah, it's just story a, less generic than expected. Yes, um, and then the issues lie thematically, and where Patrick Dempsey's character more generic than expected. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, so, how are we ranking this then? 
Oh, let's see. Um, how many times is the sheriff going to arrest you for doing mean things to your friends in the town, but not really arrest you? So I got arrested 10 times out of 20 crimes that I committed in small town Alabama. He only got yeah. 50% of the time. That's that's fair. I'll go with that. It's a, a Bonathan Jovi. <laughs> precisely. Precisely. Um, fab. So who's, whose turn is it next? Is it me? I don't know. I've I've lost track because you've done the random Disney generator a few times. I, so think, I don't even know. I think this was... If you've got a choice, you can have it. I don't. Not... So I've gone back to Disney. Okay. Because um, I think... No, I think this one was your choice. And I chose um, High School Musical. Of course you did. So, once again, give me a choice of four. Uh, two. And then give me a choice of twelve. Three. We're watching something called Strange Magic. Okay. I've no idea what that is. Enjoy this madcap fairy tale musical inspired by a Midsummer Night's Dream. Hell yeah. Popular songs tell the tale of a colourful cast of goblins, elves, fairies and imps and their hilarious misadventures sparked by a battle over a powerful potion. It looks like some kind of imps. animated... Oh, hell yeah. What is this? How have it's I not like... heard of this? Oh, this animation style. Yeah, it's like semi-realistic. Weird. I've never heard of this. I've never heard of this either. What is this on. on my own, it says, A tough fairy princess crosses paths with the sinister bog king. Sounds like my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. That, that's not good, is it? That's like the kind of joke that a <laughs> bad comedian makes. I was going to say, that's a real... Um, <laughs> what's his name? Garlic bread man joke. Peter K. Peter K. That's a real Peter K joke. <laughs> No, but the joke is on me because I'm the bog king. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, that's the same with Peter K. Peter K is inoffensive. He's not being like all oh, women, <laughs> <laughs> unlike a lot of comedians. Unlike me. Like what about those those chicks? Eh? <laughs> What's this? Chick food? What's this? Chick food? He says, pointing at <laughs> pointing at a, a burger. Um, Strange so, magic. Love it. So Love okay, it. this is based on a story by George Lucas. This With the really voices bizarre. of Alan Cumming, Evan Rachel Wood, Elijah Kelly. Alan Cumming is a gem. He is. That's my word of the day. Gem. This is... A, okay, yeah, I've never heard of this movie before. What on earth happened to this film? This looks properly weird. Okay, I'm budget of 70 to, to 100 million. Box office of 13.6 million. We have got a box office dud on our hands, Paddy. Uh, oh, is and, this like an uber flop? And this is... This is where the real gems lie in those films that just utterly bomb. Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm now really intrigued by this. This was I'm a actually good quite excited you. for this. Yeah, let's watch. This I'm is good. Very so, excited to find out what on earth happened here. Are we doing the? Let's do the random generator until until December. Then is that? Yeah. The, Should we just do that? I can't. Yeah. I think this is working out for us. It's quite maybe. fun. Yeah, this is fun until we get. Um, <laughs> Until we get High School Musical 3 without High School Musical 2. <laughs> In which case it might be yeah. a re-roll. Yeah, not a Rick roll. <laughs> okay, Strange Magic then. I'm excited. What on that's, earth is this film? This cool. sounds great. 
All right. Well, that's a cool end. I'm looking forward to that. Um, but we are a podcast. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember how to do the outro. It's Monday night. My brain is smooth. My brain is so smooth. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod. You can email us Boys Don't Cry Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'll be back next week to talk about strange magic. Alrighty. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>